you have reached the voicemail box of Game Thing Season 5 Code. You have 17 new messages. Tuesday, the 2nd of May at 3 p.m. Hey David, it's your programming pal Pippin Bar calling you with the latest pick on the old coding, computational thinking uh, theme. Uh, and it's a game from 2015 called Hacknet, one word, uh, developed by Team Fractal Alligator, and <laughs> makes me feel like we're in good hands, and published by Fellow Traveler. Uh, and its Steam description, which, as we know, is the be-all be and end-all of research, is, quote, Hacknet is an immersive, 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 terminal-based hacking simulator for PC and Mac. Dive down a rabbit hole as you follow the instructions of a recently deceased hacker whose death may not have been the accident the media reports. Full stop, end quote. Uh, so the idea is, um, or the main sort of selling point here is I think that it's meant to be like real hacking. Um in the sense that instead of sort of the Hollywood style of you clatter your fingers on the keyboard and various dialogue boxes bloom and uh, turn red and dismiss and you get access to the mainframe, uh, this game is foregrounding the idea of typing out commands in Unix or Unix-like environment. So terminal-based hacking. And if you watch the trailer or you look at the screenshots, you can see sort of old internet stuff like uh, Telnet, FTP, IP addresses, file systems, SSH, SMTP, lots of acronyms, lots of technologies that still underpin the internet that we maybe don't interface with so much because uh, we do a lot of stuff in browsers, of course, these days um, and have for a long time. So it, it, it takes me back to the early internet for me. I used to use Telnet back in the day and, and things like Gopher and Archie all of these strange names that are no longer super relevant. Um, and I certainly never did any hacking, or, or none that I will admit to, uh, to you or anyone else, certainly not on tape. Um, but I was curious about it at the time, and I still am. So let's play this game about real hacking and see what we can learn about the giant computational system that is the Internet itself. Um, you know, hack, hack, hack. See you, David. Tuesday, the 2nd of May, at 3.48 p.m. Hey, Pippins, David, returning your call. And Hacknet, one distinction I'll make um, based on my quick perusal of the dossier, which is, of course, the trailer, Wikipedia, generally just licking my index fingers and raising them to see which way the wind is blowing. Um... You know, you mentioned this is a game about quote-unquote real hacking, which to me, based on what I've seen, I'm sensing there's a lot here about the sort of reasons why people get into what I'm assuming will be cyber hacking. Um, but we should say, you know, just a bit of etymology here, that as someone who also came up with Telnet, FTP, Gopher, Archie, all these arcane things you rattle off. Um, but used to be the way you lived online. Um, you know, hacking is not or was not always synonymous with these kind of black hat antics. It was just about 
clever solution. So I think I know sort of what to expect. I mean, I'm wondering if this game may be about um, as told through a Unix-like operating system environment, uh, what the day-to-day of the work is like or sort of, you know, how someone winds up in that life or I'm guessing if it's to be quote-unquote real, then maybe we have to sort with things like, you know, getting caught, trying to cover our trails, not doing a bunch of tasks in isolation. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess let's just find out, right? We can keep talking about it. Why talk about it? You can just do it, right? I mean, are we just here to talk to each other? Pippin, are we? Hacknet. Wednesday, the 3rd of May, at 11.44 a.m. Hey, good morning, David. Wolinski. Uh, first things first, do you really put both index fingers up to check the wind? Seems inefficient, and I hope that that does not translate to lazy hacking on your part. I guess we'll find out. Um, so, you know, before starting this game, in my mind, hacking was sort of... I think it's mostly about gaining access to systems almost more than anything else, the kind of because-it's-there rationale. And then on top of that, I guess once you're there, um, it can become about getting information, uh, which I guess means files, and then doing something with that information, maybe accessing more systems, maybe selling or trading the info. At that point, it's a bit murky to me. And I think, you know, so far having played exactly 51 minutes, that does seem to be the story or like the baseline activity, I should say. Um, but the game opens up with a user registration uh, screen, which I really liked. Um, you have to pick a username. And no- normally I pick uh, just my name for usernames on the Internet, Pippin Bar, all one word. <laughs> but here it seemed lame, and so I picked an old username I used to use, uh, which is Chicken, with two Ks and uh, just one C, um, which is a reference to a Radiohead song, and which I thought was pretty cool uh, when I suggested it, when I uh, chose it from my email address a long time ago. Um, and then for a password, I, <laughs> I already found myself worrying, like, if I use a, a stupid password that's just easy to remember for me, because this is just a game, uh, will I get hacked in the game? Uh, which I like. I like that tension already of security um, being foregrounded in in surprising ways. Um, And so the gameplay itself so far, um, as I've seen it, is a dead hacker called Bit is sending you emails. I assume he must have scheduled them. Uh, He doesn't really explain why, but we're apparently his only hope. Um, We are his Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the activity is that Bit needs you to access computers and get information. So you sit on your computer, you scan for nearby nodes in the network, other computers, um, then you somehow, there's a lot of magic, probe them to see all of their ports and security set up, you port hack them, um, and maybe do other stuff to get administrator access, and then um, you really just kind of look at all of the files on the system, maybe download a few, maybe grab something that Bit wants. Um, But also, you can look at a lot of files that are not directly um, connected with your sort of mission from Bit. And I think that that's a really um, immediately cool thing about this game, is that there is this sort of idea that the world is, um, you know, the world of those computers is just there, and everything's there, and you 
you could just find it all out on your own, like a real hacker. So have you seen any cool files with a Z at the end? And do you remember where Z with a Z at the end? And have you joined the cool entropy hacker gang yet? David Walensky. Bye. Wednesday, the 3rd of May at 12.38 p.m. Well, would a lazy hacker be the newest member of Entropy, the elite hacker group? I think not. Actually, it was fairly easy to get on their radar and to be invited and to, to pass their, uh, their first test, um, which probably says more about the nature and character and standards of this group rather than the level of um, my skills. But I guess we'll find out as uh, we both continue and see what unfolds and what's in store. Um, but I wanted to ask, and I was, uh, you know, I got a kick out of hearing you just to volunteer up, you know, what you used as a handle. Um, chicken, I, I feel like I saw you post in Mirror Layers social media as pig. So I don't know if like a bit of a barnyard theme is where you usually hang your hat. Um, I stupidly just went by David, uh, remembering your past admonishments, uh, scolding me for not just using my real name, uh, and some other game. And I briefly considered game thing, and then I wish I had just gone for something more game-appropriate. Uh, Dental Slave came to mind, you know, written out in Hacksaw's lead-speak characters. Um, but I've always been pretty bad at uh, coming up with clever screen names or, or ones that are distinct. I mean, the one I was the most proud of in the era in which this game I guess takes place on um, on AIM. I was Frank Sinatra 62, which was uh, I don't know. I just took great pride in the the dorkiness, weirdness of that, or uh, perhaps seeming like an old man in my teen years. Um, always always in a rush to be curmudgeonly, I guess. <laughs> but um, you know, like yourself, I have also gotten like another big kick out of just poking into the random files on uh, servers. You know, it's this thing that doesn't have to be there. It gives the world texture. Um, it's you know, it's it's another example of that because it's there. Uh, spirit of hacking that you uh, mentioned. So, and I, you know, I, I've been finding this overall surprisingly fun, which I know is not really the point of these discussions. I don't consider myself a nostalgic person, um, but there's a fair bit of muscle memory here that just kicked in, um, just in, you know, navigating uh, file structures and typing in CD dot dot really uh, brought me back. Um, I wonder what this looks like to people who have never typed in such a command line or anything or seen screens like this before, but um, one thing I wanted to mention is there was a clever bit of business with the notes that pop up as tutorials slash reminders. Um, you know, basically the game is telling you how to play, it's telling you what the commands are, and they populate on the uh, upper left-hand side of the screen, which I had never X'd any of those out as they popped up. And uh, I learned um, the first time you have to run an SSH crack, I was told you have to free up memory. And I was like, what are they talking about? And then I realized, like, oh, the game wants me to close these notes out that it's been opening up and keeping open, um, which I thought was like a subtle, cool way of the game being like, all right, it's time to take the training wheels off. We expect you to metabolize some of this. Um, 
Not all the commands are immediately recognizable to me. I'm just still putting in the reps where I will memorize them. For example, I wasn't sure how to rename a file. Um, so when I had to tinker with it, um, I just deleted it, which for now will do, but I'm sure um, will not do for the foreseeable. Wednesday, the 3rd of May at 3.20 p.m. Hey, Frank. Yeah, I mean, usernames are a major source of nostalgia, I guess. I will, <laughs> I will therefore share that way back when I was on uh, BBS's uh, dialing in with my 2400 board modem, I was called CJ Laser. <laughs> I even had a um, ANSI art signature animated and everything. I was special. I was a special boy. Still am. Um, but yeah. Like you're saying, what we're doing in this game, the hackingness of it is very easy. It was easy to get into Entropy. I'm now a member too. I'll see you at the at the in-person meeting at the end of the week, I suppose. Um, it doesn't it doesn't require a whole lot to break into these systems. Uh, generally speaking, like I said, you you know you do a probe. Uh, you remove any kind of blockages that you need with specific programs that just do the job for you, like um, SSH crack and FTP bounce, and I'm sure there are other ones as we go along to, to gradually strip away the defenses. Um, there is a nice thing where you use uh, another computer from your network um, to kind of overload a proxy on another system. It has sort of the vibes of um, DDoS attacks or botnet um, systems. So there's stuff going on there, right? Like this, there's this accuracy, but the the actual thing you do with your fingers is really just effectively type hack, <laughs> and the hacking happens, um, which makes me think of you know I used to be very fascinated by by hacking and hackers back when I think it was probably a, a cooler and more topical thing, um, and there was that idea of script kitties, which was a sort of derogatory term amongst hackers for the usually young, I take it, um, kids who got into hacking by really just running pre-existing scripts, pre-existing programs, um, without really understanding what they were doing. And I, I can't help but feel that we are script kiddies. And maybe it would be fun if we actually imagine that we are, in fact, only 12 or something like that while we play this game. That might um, give it some interesting flavor. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I restarted the game in the end, on my Windows machine, because on Mac it was hanging a bunch. Um, and so I kind of did a speed run to get back to where I was, which was fun, and it gave me this mental image of all of those kind of hacking movie things where people are hacking against time. Um, I often think of the, the guy in Die Hard who's trying to hack the safe, um, or whatever it is that he's doing. I forget. Um, and therefore all of this stuff, I think, around the legibility of the hacking, the visualization of the hacking. Like, the game doesn't just exist in a textual dimension. There are these sort of weird, flowy, colorful visualizations that happen while you run one of your various hacking uh, programs. Um, and, of course, yeah, when I, when I ran the game on Windows, a little message board came up and basically said, do you want to allow this application called HackNet to make changes to your computer? And I said, yeah, let's do it. Wednesday, the 3rd of May at 5.14 p.m. Wednesday, the 3rd of May at 
7.21 p.m. Hey, CJ. I think uh, the fidelity, or is the word realism, is somewhere between the script kiddies, the code kiddies, um, and this 2011 website that I think of often, which feels older than, to me than that, but I think it evokes exactly what we're describing, um, experiencing in HackerNet. Um, go to your favorite web browser and type in hackertyper.net. Um, did you ever imagine in 2023 <laughs> you'd be getting a voicemail pointing you to a website? Uh, here we are. Um, uh, another thing I would not have expected in 2023 is that this sentence of perhaps you're right, we are meant to roleplay as a 12-year-old um, in HackNet. There's this one text file um, on the Entropy server that supports this. Uh, it's called retort.txt, and it reads, Assuming you know what retort means, let me start by saying you are nothing but a scrub. Probably took you all week to work out how to smash through that proxy. I bet you're probably 12, thinking you can hack the planet from your mom's 386. Good luck, kid. Move on and let the pros handle. End of uh, text file. Um, in a way, you know, I think uh, this season, or specifically this game, is sparking with my previous lens I selected for us, the simulator season, where I was like, oh, let's play a lot of games that simulate things you can really do IRL. I mean, I keep saying for coding, I'm feeling misled. Um, but how does seeing the skill gap collapse where you are effectively, <laughs> yes, typing hack, um, as someone with more of this type of knowledge, uh, how does that make you feel? Or like, how does it, what do you think it says about like what games or this game specifically thinks of code and what it's for? Um, the other thing HackNet brings to mind um, is of course from the recently played games we've discussed, Quadrilateral Cowboy and uh, one dreamer. Um, I don't think this is how hacker groups really work with like a big Trello board you can sign into and you can, you know, sign in and get a job for yourself. I mean, I don't imagine it's literally like that or that accessible. Um, but it's a game, so it must be. You know, one dreamer, it was basically, hi Frank, you know, you go to your computer, hi Frank, not me, different Frank. Uh, please go to the share drive and change this value on a on a, on a file for a reward. And uh, here, you know, it's credibility. Um, and, I mean, well, whatever. Uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy, I think, had more degrees of freedom. Hacknet, in its way, has minor degrees of freedom, uh, which is in the poking around. But, you know, I took um, one job called Point Clicker, where you need to delete the save file uh, the client in order to, for him to be able to go in and replay the game. Um, but you can go in and actually change the client's save file to your username, and then you just sort of get to clown on the client and still have it count as a job done, because they can still replay it. Though if you do it, um, you lose points. Um, why they can't change it themselves, I don't know, but what's in a name here is uh, actually quite important. Friday, the 5th of May, at 12.04 p.m. Hey, David, uh, if that is your real name. I, yeah, I, I see what you mean about the idea of this kind of skill gap collapse, this, you know, this idea in um, Hacknet that we're, for all intents and purposes, just typing hack, different versions of the word hack, and hacking ensues. Um, and in that way, it is, it's, you know, it's a bit like hacker typer, which you, you pointed to as well. Things kind of just happen. There's, there's more thinking here, obviously, than just blindly smashing keys. Um, but what does it say about code? Well, 
one of the things that it says about code is that we're not doing it in the game. Um, and I think part of what's going on there is just this idea, popular and perhaps too, that the coding is just a bit too much for, for the normal human. Uh, certainly for the you know the non-programmer, it's it's a bit harsh to expect them uh, to write code. Uh, and, you know, we've experienced games where you do have to literally write code um, in Shenzhen IO and Comet 64, for instance. Um, but really, Hacknet is more interested in you know we've said lifestyle, but really more the emotional um, experience of of what hacking must be like. We assume. And it really doubles down on that, not just in terms of type hack to hack, but, you know, the music um, deserves a mention. It's sort of this pumping, driving um, electronica that, that feels very hacky, um, especially good, actually, when you're hacking with a timer running, which was uh, a discovery for me in my most recent se session, that you had to kind of get all of your hacking done within a, a big red numbered clock, just like in the movies, um, and the music really contributes to that. The visuals of the game, too, you know, are this amped up kind of fake um, visualization approach to, to what it's like to work with computer systems. Um, this idea that there would be all of this sort of animated, exciting feedback to what you're doing, which, again, again is just like it's not the case when we, when we really interact with the lower levels of computers. They're incredibly terse and incredibly kind of uncommunicative a lot of the time. Um, and all of this is really, it's in service of the emotional experience, and it's in service of the story that they're, that they're wanting to tell about this dead hacker called Bit and the, the web of intrigue, um, what might have happened to him and what might be going on in the, the bowels of the internet where we dwell. Um, so we are closer to code in, in Hacknet than we are in a, a standard game, right? Um, in that the command line, which is you know where a lot of our attention is, is aimed, um, has echoes of code um, and coding because you you know you are typing in arcane seeming instructions like FTP bounce 21 or SSH crack 22 uh, to perform these operations or you're typing you know connect 198.0.0.1 or, or whatever like they, there are things that on the face of it don't make sense you have to know you have to be in the know uh, which is very much like coding um, and we're also navigating kind of abstract data structures like file systems where being asked to understand network topologies and what's connected to what. All of these things are similar kinds of experiences to writing code, I think, that abstract thinking that's necessary. But in the end, we're kind of, we're still just script kiddies, aren't we? We're not writing the code, we're taking the code we're given. Um, like most people, you know, we're still on the outside of the computer looking in and not seeing a whole, a whole lot. And that's an accessibility thing, right? The game can't afford um, to use freeform real code or freeform real terminal input because there are just too many possibilities and the bushy tree of possibilities, you know, shakes angrily in the wind at us and it's clear that the game would be too hard to make if, if it was done that way. One thing that's bothering me is that surely when we delete all the logs on exit, there would be a disconnect log. Friday, the 5th of May at... 3.13 p.m. Hey, this is a message for Pippin. I guess you're out. This is uh, David. Um, hey, <laughs> you just snuck that in at the very end of your last message, but you articulated something that has been making me very itchy, too, um, from the very beginning. I mean, in fact, I've given over to this sort of OCD tendency of logging back into a server after I've already cleared the logs to try to delete the log again, You know, knowing I can never 
permanently cover my tracks. Um, it's a bit like the oven, you know, you've left on at home and you can't do anything. Um, unless you have a smart oven, but I don't know who has that. Um, but I've also, you know, I've extended this level of precaution to like other things from the very beginning, like not only deleting logs on the simulated local machine. Um, I've also made sure to like disconnect from the email, the in-game email called Jmail before embarking on another mission or job or whatever you want to call it. And I've been learning at least so far, um, these precautions aren't necessary and I don't know if they will be. I mean, I don't know, again, how far in you are. I'm sort of now so in demand as a hacker, no big deal, that all these secret organizations are coming out of the woodwork to recruit me. You know, since my last message, uh, Entropy wrote me a note admitting they were the small fish in the big pond, and I deserved better. So I'm with a new cohort now, and things are going fine. I have a feeling that this process is going to continue for a while, um, which just, I don't know. I mean, I wonder how intriguing the intrigue is here. I don't think that that's necessarily, like, super, um, you know, load-bearing as far as the code and what it's doing here, but there is so much simplification here that's in service of a story that I guess it raises the question that came up in one dreamer is I wonder if the code um, is tugging on the heartstrings here for you. You know, we're meant to care because uh, we're told that this is the story of someone's death, but we don't know who it is because of the whole screen name thing. Um, so I just wonder about that. I mean, I'm wondering about that as I'm playing. I'm wondering about that on your side. I just feel like all this talk of uh, proximity to code um, Really what's more effective, I think, is like when it goes even farther away from code and it wrests control away from you. There's a couple puzzles later where you have to not just disconnect but reboot the machine. And uh, these machines are not like modern machines. You know, you have time to think and wonder and worry about what might happen when it boots up, back up, if it might. And uh, I don't know. I mean, my first clue that this game was going to be that kind of game. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the music. Uh, there's this thing after you uh, click the continue button in the tutorial, it emits a like <laughs> click heard round the world gun blast. So it's like that. Saturday, the 6th of May at 1.41 p.m. Hey, David, it's Pippin. Um, my heartstrings are fully intact. It's not really a game, so far at least, that feels like... I don't know if there's going to be any deep emotional bond with any of the characters. It's all pretty surfacey, and I think intentionally. Like I think largely the game is reaching for fun. Um, there's there's a lot of joking in it, for example. Um, so I don't think that they're really trying too hard to be weighty uh, and monumental. Um, but it does do a, a good job, I think, of making the sort of the hacking activity feel exciting and powerful, if not um, if not skillful necessarily. Um, one of the things I've been running into as I play more of the game is just a sort of increasing distaste for just the kind of tone uh, that a lot of the stuff has. It, it is very early internet, but it's also very early internet, like teenage boy jokes. Uh, there's a uh, there's a, a, a hacking 
mission or whatever you want to call it that you do called internal investigations. I'm sure you've already done it, which is incredibly cringy and disappointing humor uh, about sex toys. And it's just, I don't know, how old are we? Uh, but, you know, David, we're old, so maybe this is not a game actually for us. And I should remember that we're pretending to be 12-year-old boys who would have found that absolutely hilarious, I'm sure. Uh, maybe 12-year-old boys these days don't find that stuff hilarious. That would be a nice thing to work towards as a society. <laughs> um, but then the other thing, uh, and I know that we've, you know, we've talked about it before, and it's like it's a thing about games, but just repetition is rearing its head significantly. Um, every hack kind of feels the same in the sense that you know, you run through those steps, you probe the system, you open the ports, you get in, you look in the file system for the thing that people want. Um, as yet, not a ton of misdirection. I wonder if deeper in, I know you're a bit deeper in than I am, there's a little bit more confusion um, and complexity to the network structures, for example. Um, that would be interesting to me. Uh, but for now, it's, it's, it's pretty rinse and repeat. And, you know, it's a successful wash cycle <laughs> so th there's a reason for it um and it's classic game stuff but the thing that it that it makes me think about is how much that's kind of like coding i think that coding is really preoccupied with repetition um it's one of those things where you know the nature of computers is that they do repetition without complaint um and so there's a lot of repetition oriented stuff in code whether it's loops at the very lower levels of code uh, but also things like object-oriented programming uh, functions in programming, uh, libraries, frameworks, like a lot of stuff in, in programming is about repetition and getting the computer to do as much of the repetition as possible, whereas I suppose games are about getting us to do as much of the repetition as possible, <laughs> which is what's happening in Hagnet, um, for sure. So this is a way in which, um, which games and code are kind of simple, similar except that we're the computer. Saturday, the 6th of May, at... 4.43 p.m. Sunday, the 7th of May, at 1.25 a.m. Hey Pippins, David. Um, sorry to call so late. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I guess I'll try tomorrow, but um, in the meantime, I guess the question um, is what's more repetitious here? Are noticing the repetition or, <laughs> or are talking about it? I mean, I think, I think it's worth talking about because it it's, as you said, as I suspected, and I think I mentioned in an earlier message, is that here in, uh, programming, it is rote repetition. So I guess what we're really saying here about coding, about programming, is like what we're seeing in Hacknet is a, uh, a form of purity. And, yeah, it's true, I'm further in, it goes all the way to the top, I'm deeper in than you are. Um, there is more complexity to Hacknet as you get deeper in, but it's like you hunt and peck for other places to do the same things during the same mission. So, yeah, you get other utilities from other groups you cross paths with, but, you know, Web Server Worm 80 is the same as the FTP tool, is the same as the SSH tool. and you know, all those are really just ways to make you feel like a hacker with a cool techerific animation that plays as you just go about exploring all these different uh, nesting dolls. And, uh, you know, your main job is to just sort of keep a cool head, 
uh, let the tools do what the tools are going to do. And you rinse and repeat, and rinse and repeat can be good. It's been very good for the uh, shampoo and also <laughs> conditioner industries. And uh, I guess also to be fair, you know, games are not the only thing that uh, rely on repetition. Music is built on it. Writing certainly can lean on it for rhythm. It could be good in writing for building irony. I guess the question here really centered on Hacknet is like, how does the repetition detract or influence the fundamental principles of programming? I don't know. That's above my pay grade. Even uh, the skilled hacker I am now, I really have no idea. I'd be curious to hear what you think. But otherwise, you know, your message made me think of, uh, you know, the mention of computers as uh, tools to do the repetition without complaint, and games are a way for computers to get us to do the repetition without complaint. Uh, it feels poignant, uh, mainly makes me think of how the term computer was originally used to describe a person, typically a woman, and how the first uh, mechanical computers were developed as tools to assist human computers in their work. And now, like you say, I guess, you know, we're just sort of here now to do a solid for our machines, help them out, sort of chilling. Um, I have a lot to say about that, but I would be worried I'd only be repeating myself. So, all right, good night, off to bed. Monday, the 8th of May, at 12.58 p.m. Hi, David. Pippin again. I actually, uh, yeah, I like rhythm as a word. Uh, it's sort of a, I don't know, part of a way to think about programming and, and hacking um like we've got an edm soundtrack for one thing so there's the opportunity to to even type your hacking uh commands in sync with the quite good music uh but definitely one thing i think about with programming is just it's a it's an art that makes you think about time and timing uh, most especially i guess when you've got more than one thing happening at the same time um but a a lot of a lot of dealing with programming, I think, is about understanding that there's this you know there's linear time, of course, that that we're all experiencing. But in a program, lots of different parts of the program can be firing off. Um, you know, events can be occurring that change the flow of what's going on. And I probably wish it was more rhythmic, but there is a kind of you know tempo and and kind of musical form that's going on, I guess, with the way that the commands land um, in a program, and maybe in Hacknet, too. Um, as we've said, you know, rep, rep, repetition, repetition. Um, I did have the exciting experience. I know you've already had it, but I was hacking a hacker um, called Nakes. Um, and the hack is very difficult. I'm not entirely sure whether or not I'm meant to be able to complete it or whether it's kind of a story beat where you're meant to get uh, counterhacked, and he laughs in your face and says that the thing you were hacking was a honeypot, and he got you, and he deletes a file on your computer called x-server.sys, and your entire computer, you know, your your fake computer, not your real computer, um, explodes and crashes in a blue screen of death, and then reboots. And the beautiful moment there is that it, when it reboots, um, because of the nature of the x-server-sys, uh, file in this world, it no longer has a graphical user interface. Um, so you're stuck on the command line, pure command line, full screen uh, command line, and you suddenly can't click on the mail to check your mail, and you can't uh, view the network uh, topology to see where all of the different servers you use are. 
Um, and so for this, this moment in time, you're suddenly like, whoa, what do I do? Like, I, I'm not used to interacting in this mode. Um, and it's funny too, right? Because like, I think in some ways, pure command line is what a lot of people would think of um, as the norm in hacking. So it's funny, it feels so foreign and disorienting. Um, and I really liked it. Um, and I was disappointed, actually, that it was you know, relatively simple once you kind of get over the shock, relatively simple to get out in that you um, can do a little bit of sleuthing. You can check your logs. Uh, your logs reveal uh, the IP address of the hacker who got you. You can break into their system, and you can <laughs> you can just take their X um, server.sys file. You can download it to your computer, um, and then reboot your computer, and then your 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 normal user interface is back, um, and you're kind of just back in business. And it's bittersweet, right? Like I think it's a really cool accomplishment to to kind of get reset in a way that lots of video games do, right? Like, oh, you lost all your powers. Um, oh, how are you going to get them back? You're going to have to work hard. Uh, but it was over a little bit too soon for me. I, in one of my dreams was that the game would kind of suddenly just be that, and you would have to have learned a bunch of the the commands, whatever, properly. You would have had to have got good uh, over the time that you had the UI so that you could then proceed as a pure command line hacker. But that also puts me in mind of, of questions I think this game raises for me, which is that, yes, I think of hacking as like, oh, it's always in the command line and it's uh, fingers flying over the keys. But like, of course, if you were really a hacker, you would want UI and um, you know interface design that helps you hack harder and faster uh, than ever before. You wouldn't just use the command line uh, because of the aesthetics of you sitting in a dark room doing it, you would do whatever it takes to, to do your, your job better. Um, so that's a, that's a really strong moment. It doesn't have a ton to do with code, I guess, other than kind of, I guess, the emphasis on the vulnerability of your own system vis-a-vis uh, -vis all of the other systems that you've been breaking. Somebody breaks yours. Uh, and then the game, you know, as we've been saying, it rolls on from there. I joined another hacker organization called CSAC. I stole the 11 secret herbs and spices uh, from some chicken company for them. Uh, and one thing I noticed is I didn't even read the secret herbs and spices. I just kind of sent them off and went, okay, next. Um, just like I no longer read the IRC logs, I no longer feel like the machines that I'm breaking into are even different machines. They all just kind of feel like variations on the same. Monday. The 8th of May at 5.46 p.m. So, okay, this is David. I don't know, I just can't seem to catch a break and get you on the phone. So, enjoy hearing this, dude. When you get around to it. So, uh, one thing your message made me think of is that uh, expression... Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's more than just history being a, a lie agreed upon um, in some ways because we're playing as this unseen character in Hacknet. Uh, identity is a lie agreed upon. You know, we know we're not really hacking. We know we're not really this hacker. I still sort of maintain just because the game keeps telling you all these people have different names. Um, they have to. They have to prove it <laughs> to me, you know, just because a screen name is easy to obfuscate. Um, and it sounds like you're going through something similar as far as the the destinations within you do your hacking. Wherein is that grammatically correct? Um, 
And I can confess, I think I can see it in two ways, is I still put in the effort to open up files where I can, as I can. And there's many that, um, through game logic or reality logic, you know, you open them and it's just a series of Unos and Os, binary code, um, which is, you know, maybe there's realism there. I said much earlier in this call, is it fidelity? Is it accuracy? What do we call it? Um, but I think it's also just being a bit more mercenary in a way of like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do in Hacknet because it's there. But I did open the um, ingredients list, the herbs and spices. It did not change my life yet, I should say. Um, but I find myself just, you know, you see some of the same IRC logs elsewhere where really it doesn't make sense they should be, unless these are all people who know each other or maybe the same person. Not really pitching that, but why not? Um, I will say that just in the line of mercenary, I mean, there is a nice feeling of progression, <laughs> which is like now you're doing far more horrible jobs or questionable jobs of like, now I'm like logging in and changing people's credentials, um, changing people's hospital records. The game has made me complicit in all sorts of things. Um, I know we're wrong. And I guess in a way this sort of recalls uh, Shenzhen I.O., right? Of like, well, you have these skills, but are you stopping to ask yourself, like, what it's for? But when you don't have any other choice, um, who's to blame? Monday, the 8th of May, at 9.14 p.m. Hey, David. Um, yeah, I've played some more of the game, uh, done some more hacks, stolen some medical records, um, you know, the usual. Um, and, yeah, it's unsavory, and you're right, um, it's doing a thing that a bunch of games do, which is railroad you into doing bad things, uh, maybe with the idea of later <laughs> pulling the rug from beneath your feet and saying, oh my goodness, what terrible things you have done. How could you? Um, and, you know, of course, we have to do it if we want to play the game. Um, the only moral move is not to play, etc., etc. Um, Spec Ops the Lion is kind of my, my gold standard for that one because I think it really leaned into that and in some ways was quite successful at building up that sense of dread and disgust at what you were doing. I think um, Hagnet is a lot more lighthearted about everything. A lot of the game reads as, as kind of parody or just straight up 12-year-old humor about, um, you know, about things that 12-year-olds that find funny um, that you can discover in the IRC logs and in the the subject matter of the various kind of missions that you're that you're going out on, uh, and so you know, I, I turned my my mind back to programming and code, and we've talked about how, obviously, we're not um, we're not really coding in this game. Where we're using the fruits of code um, to carry out a series of steps that allows us access to to file systems. Um, one of the the things I did experience in 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 one hack or another was because you're 
you know, time is of the essence if a, if a trace is running on your hack and you sort of, you're trying to pipeline various commands, FTP bounce, uh, SMTP, something. Um, you're typing them all in fairly rapidly. At, at one point I did typo one of them. Um, I think I forgot to leave a space between the command and the port number and didn't notice because I immediately was typing other things and therefore kind of failed the hack. Um, essentially because of a typo. And that really does remind me very strongly of programming, where because, I guess, typing is the primary form of expression um, and these very specific symbols, words, um, orders, parameters, etc., um, small mistakes uh, can loom very large. And also, what is up with the network topology view in this game? You know, it's such a crazy muddle of nodes with... No clear meaning to me, unless maybe later on it's going to draw a pentagram or something. Tuesday, the 9th of May, at 12.55 a.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. Uh, quick message for you before I go off to bed, and I guess this will be my uh, parting words on Hacknet. No pressure. A couple random observations I wanted to make. Um... Is Hacknet about fun, or is it about how settling scores is fun? Uh, is there realism here? Is it accuracy? Um, a lot of the IRC logs we've talked about are coming from a real place, or a supposed real place, literally. Uh, they are pulled from bash.org, a site where people submit quotes from chat rooms. Uh, the moderation there, I guess, is meant to assure the quality um, as people vote up things and down others. Whether it's all true, again, who knows? Um, which I think is what we keep saying about Hacknet, which is like there's a truth to the feeling it gives of hacking or what we imagine hacking to be. Um, you know, there's just an amount of just give yourself over to it that I think is hard to do. Um, and all this talk about video games railroad you, you know, this game in particular made me kept thinking of this other age-old video game desire or cliche, which is the, see those mountains over there? You know, in other words, like, it's there, you can climb them. Uh, you know, an extension of the hacking thing we talked about of, like, well, because it's there, you can do it. Um, even though in, like, a real area you ought not to go into every locked door in games we want to. In Hacknet, we at least get to knock on all the doors, even if we sort of sense everyone's wallpaper is the same. What does it all mean? I think I think overall the meaning is random, unless you take a long enough view and maybe just let the meaning come to you. 1337, 1337, 1337. Tuesday the 9th of May, at 10.03 a.m. 1,337, huh? All right, man. I don't know what that means, but sure. And as we depart, I remember a phrase from early on in the game where you break a message board site and you go to the website afterwards if you, if you want to, and it says contact an administrator. And the game really gives that new meaning, I think. A real person stuck undoing all of this annoying stuff that these script kitty hackers are doing to the software that the, the world needs to keep turning around. Maybe that could be the sequel. Admin Quest.
end of messages. Thank you for calling GameFing. For more information, please hang up and dial GameFing.life. Goodbye.